0: Welcome to Refirement Life, the podcast for anyone navigating life transitions or planning to make life transitions to ensure your next years are your best years. Listen in for insightful, generous, and sometimes humorous conversation. It's time to get fired up with Christine Zamuda and Muge Wood, your hosts for this latest episode of Refirement Life.
1: Hello, everyone. This is uh, Mugay Wood, uh, alongside with my awesome co-host Christine Zamuda. Uh, today's episode is going to focus on thriving with coaching. Uh, we hear a lot about coaching. Um, we may be intimidated by it. We may em- want to embrace it, but don't know how. Um, and today, uh, we are thrilled to welcome a very special guest, Andrew Schultz, um, to share with us his own journey, um, that led to, um, uh, coaching as a profession, um, as well as, um, I- leveraging those insights for his own journey. So welcome, Andrew. Um, Thank and, you, You're welcome. And a little background. Andrew and I um, had the chance to work together at Microsoft uh, for about four years or so. And um, uh, we were joking just before the uh, podcast. um, I will call that out as one of the golden era of our careers because we Mm -hmm. did a lot of great, amazing things together. And um, I will say, Andrew, in our uh, work relationship and beyond, we stayed in touch. Um, uh, He always stood out for being true to himself, um, uh, standing up for what he believes in, having the courage of his convictions. And in addition to the amazing technical competence, just being an amazing person of integrity. So, you know, we think these things are plain vanilla and everybody has them. Um, But we all know that's not always entirely true. So um, that's why I am particularly excited to welcome um, Andrew. Uh, So before we dive in, on the journey that Andrew is going to share with us, Um, uh, Christine and I want to um, start out also with a couple of reflections. Um, This one uh, just hit the press uh, brand new and caught our attention. And it is about um, uh, Dorothy Hoffner, a woman from Chicago um, who died at the age of 104. Um, And this was days after uh, her second um, skydiving. Adventure where she was attempting to get the world's oldest skydiver record. So um, she left or walk around the field. She did the tandem skydiving on October 1st. Um, and just shy of um, turning 105 in December, she passed away. Um, now her legacy and her inspiration continue. Um, and as expected, um, people who know her say she certainly lived uh, a and enjoyable life and the next thing on her bucket list was actually a hot air balloon ride um <laughs> while she may not have gotten to that she certainly seems to have um experienced uh, certain things we may think about but um may not get around to so um let's just sit back and think about that uh skydiving at the age of 104 so um it's Let's amazing not, it's amazing like how do you do that um it is you, it is how just do you amazing. you do it at
2: 50 let alone 104 and I, if i if i have the story right i think this was her second i think she did it, it was at her 100 second. yes right? correct correct she did it at 100 and then she wanted to keep the record and and do it at 104 so yes. that's uh that's pretty wild
1: That is pretty wild. I I don't think I can do it at any age, 18, 50, uh, 60. Uh, So it it is, um, it is quite a bit of, uh, you know, sense of adventure and going for it. Uh, So remarkable. Um, So Christine, what is happening on your side? Anything new since the last one?
2: Yeah, well, we had talked before in one of the early, early podcasts, we talked about how um, people who are born after 2014 have a greater than 50 percent chance of living to be 100. And, you know, maybe breaking records like we just saw Dorothy do. There's a new uh, Netflix series out. Uh, I believe it's called, um, you know, living the, the secrets of living to uh, 100. and um, I think it's a connection to the well. I know it's a connection to the blue zones, but I don't know if that's in the title. And what they've done is they basically have have gone deeper into five locations around the world where there's a, a high concentration of people living to be over 100, and and investigating. Well, how and why and is it or something in the water? Like what what's what's um, creating this level of of longevity? And I don't want to spoil it for for everyone, but there's a couple you know threads, and there's more to the story. So I encourage everyone to, to take a, a a watch. It's very fascinating. Um, they talk about you know physical exercise. There's a one place in Sardinia where on average people are walking five miles a day every day, wow. and it's not in by design. Like I'm going to go walk and exercise. It's just part of their life. You know they they live on a hill. They they go up these hills to where they live. They go down to go shopping. Um, They talk about folks in Japan who have this like incredible sense of community. And we've talked about ikigai before, having a sense of purpose and having um, a, a place where your passions meet your purpose. And they talk about um, not only the community aspects and how people revere older people, keep them in the community, you know, you know, certainly revere their wisdom and their their status, um, but also in Japan, how physically most of the the furniture is very low to the ground, so they're mm-hmm. always standing up, you know, using your whole core and using your you know all your big muscles to, to keep you healthy. And it's just a really, really kind of fascinating thing. And, and the core tenets that I took away from it was, um, you know, certainly being connected to others. The social connection is as important as exercise. And then also this this sense of family and knowing where you want to put your priorities in life. And uh, I think that that um, was pretty you know pretty great lessons for anyone who wants to live longer and better
1: so awesome thank you for sharing did you say this is blue zones documentary on netflix yes Okay, yes. all right. So uh, I am uh, uh, inspired and concerned all at the same time because <laughs> uh, none of these blue zones is in my zip code. Uh, I am quite far from them, it, it, it sounds like. There um, was
2: one in Loma Linda, California, but yeah, it's oh, not, not okay. exactly Houston. Maybe you need to start your own blue zone.
1: I, I, I don't know I may have to pack up and go because uh, this is uh, this is I think a flag. Um, so I think I may score pretty well in connecting to others and and uh, and family but uh, rest of it uh, is a big area of improvement so thank you for calling that out and it's never too late to be in a blue zone or either of your own making or going to one. Um, <laughs> so um, so appreciate that. Um, so, Andrew, we are back to you. As you can see, this duo here, we can talk a lot. And,
3: um, yeah, uh, no, that was good stuff. I actually, yeah. I stood up to go. You were reminding me of a book that is fantastic. And I went to go get it. I couldn't find it quickly enough. I didn't want to leave you hanging. But uh, the book is called The Comfort Crisis. Have either of you ever read that before?
1: No. No, we haven't.
3: It's right along those same lines. It's a, It's a really, really interesting and compelling book just basically talking about something that both of you just mentioned which is how the life of convenience that we lead now is actually not not healthy and Mm -hmm. is not uh you know making us stronger christine you talked about walking five miles and uh you know a lot of times we'll think about like oh how horrible is that that they have to walk five miles to get somewhere and yet that's making them a much healthier person so to what you said the author of this book he's a journalist and he decides to go and try to undo some of the the uh the comfort and convenience of his life intentionally so he goes Mm. on several different things um but it's a really interesting book he talks about reflections on his own family and you know the challenges that his family has had including if i remember right uh his father and his uncle woke up in the same jail cell one morning after uh, going on, you know, drunken rages the night before, (laughs) didn't even know they were both there. And then they were both in there. He's like, those are the kind of challenges that I've faced in my family. And uh, I'm trying to get back to, you know, a healthier, more natural life. And uh, it's a really good read.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting too, to see what's happened since the book you know has he has he yeah. stayed with it and has his life changed is he still married like <laughs> you know <laughs> That's yeah. a
1: whole. That's a whole other topic. What what, right. what the connection of marriage to longevity? But uh, I need to go lower my furniture too. So I think uh, I think there's a lot we can do here. Um, but you know, it's just fascinating. Um, where you live makes a difference. Uh, I mean, I think it really does. And uh, this comfort and convenience thing can be a bit of a silent killer of sorts. Maybe that's too strong, but some negative influence and. Um, Uh, you know I am from Turkey and when I go to Turkey what I notice is in addition to the a little more relaxed lifestyle is there are not really drive-throughs. Um, so if you want to go to McDonald's, you walk into McDonald's, you get your food and you eat it. You don't mm-hmm. uh, drive through. So, I mean, I, I like I find it fascinating. I mean, we can say don't go to McDonald's to begin with, but if you're going to go to one, at least walk into it um, and sit down and eat as opposed to to go the rush and, and that kind of thing. So it's just very interesting um, where you live, the Culture, the society norms, and what it does. I think this is calling out for a separate episode. Uh, we may have to uh, queue up. Um, sure. So, so Andrew, thank you um, already for contributing greatly to our podcast. Um, and uh, want to ask you if you could please um, share with us and our listeners uh, your background, your professional background, and uh, uh, maybe um, a little about your, you know, personal life too.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Andrew Schultz. I, as as you said, Muge, I had the pleasure of working with you, working for you between the years of 2012 and 2016, and Christine was in the same organization with us
1: it was golden era i think that was because you were working for me i forgot to mention that (laughs) no i
3: all joking aside i think it was who you work for (laughs) makes a big difference and uh,
2: we've certainly learned that along the years the goods the bads mostly the goods but yeah Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: (laughs) i want to work for christine (laughs) yeah okay i i can i can find a job for you (laughs) make me a make me a job
1: christine (laughs) but not the kind where you post for two weeks and I have to interview, like I have to yeah. get it immediately.
2: We've talked about this. I, I can give you a job that's not so jobby. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. A job that's not too
1: jobby. Yes, thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, right, Andrew, back continue, to you. Uh, continue, please.
3: So, uh, you know, we had those good years together. I've spent time in sales, in more technical roles, um, in a hybrid of both during my career. I've spent time as an entrepreneur. Um, That's my professional background. Before I go more into that, I'll share a little bit about myself personally. Um, I married for 17 years now. My wonderful wife, Camille and I, we met in college. I was in college actually, and she was, she had dropped out to do something else, but was still living right across the street. And um, we have, we had four kids, thought we were done. And then back in 2018, we had a little caboose come along, and <laughs> uh, so we have four girls and one boy and the and the the boy is second in line there. And so we're really busy with kids. Camille and I are if you uh, I've never done a survey on this, but I'd be interested to see how how often this is the case. They say opposites attract. Mm-hmm. Camille and I, if we take a personality type survey where they actually put you on like scales, we are like, two ends of a compass needle. Like we were exact opposites in a lot of ways. And that, that means that there's a lot of energy in our relationship and a lot of, uh, and energy is good. Energy is where creation comes from. Um, it also means that there can be some tension and stress. The first year of our marriage was not easy at all. Um, we, we fought a lot but we were both committed and uh, the commitment is what has allowed this energy to move us forward instead of pulling us apart. And um, that's a, that's an important, you know, aspect of who I am and, and uh, you know, my family there is, is the reason for everything I do. Um, Professionally, do, I don't know, Mugia. I kind of need to go on a monologue here. Why don't Why don't Why don't we leave it there and then maybe other things? Yeah, can sure,
1: come out. sure. Um, first of all, thank you, Andrew, for sharing that. And uh, uh, you know, the opposites attract, or do they? Is interesting conversation. And uh, I guess it's what you do with it um, mm-hmm. uh, and how you handle it uh, may result in the scre- secret recipe of um, happiness, success, and longevity in a relationship. That is interesting because they don't always attract, um, uh, but when they they do, it's um, pretty spectacular. So, um, Andrew, want to talk a little bit more with um, the um, couple transitions I know you have decided to go through in your career, meaning um, we work together. Uh, You are a phenomenal technologist uh, and uh, I always try to make you stay um, Mm -hmm. uh, longer, as long as possible on our teams at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have decided to, um, uh, you know, deliver great results, but then also move on to um, things that may speak more to your passion and closer to your heart. Um, and I think it was a journey, I, I it, it, kind of finding what that is um, and um, taking that on while um, also looking after your family. So um, if you could uh, talk a little bit about that journey um, and how did you think about it and, and how did you um, really, Find the um, courage to go through with it because it is very hard. It's it's nice. It's easy to fall in the comfort of a predictable, secure um, job situation.
3: Yeah, it is. And I will lead with the insight, and then kind of tell you how I got there. It's easy for any one of us to adopt the values of other people and the world around us and to make those our own we talked to i mean just talking about society a minute ago and where you live makes a big difference in your health that's that's for this very reason we tend to blend in and when we uh you know when you're raised a certain way or you have certain values impressed upon you from a social standpoint uh you know you tend to pursue those values and a lot of us don't ever step back and ask ourselves if that's what we really want in our lives um so in my case i had a when i was growing up in my family you know we i had a middle class upbringing and part of the part of the i was the problem child in the family i was the oldest of three and um i was the one who didn't really fit in with the family and my parents were constantly worried about me. I never, like, I didn't do anything really bad or wrong, but I was, I was, a, I was a worry, you know. And they, uh, they're always worrying about me. And I if there's one lecture that stands out more than any other, it's the, you know, you better start doing better in school, or unless you want to be a garbage man when you grow up. <laughs> Oh, those exact words. (laughs) I lived
2: in that household, too. Did you? My my father used to show my my uh, his grandkids. There was a a dump that you drive by the highway. He's like, there it is. Stinky Mountain. That's where you're going to be if you don't get your
3: grades. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
1: I I only had two paths. It's either doctor or engineer um, and uh, preferably doctor. If you don't do any one of those two things, you're as well call yourself a failure and step aside so um, um
3: yep <laughs> so that is that's wrong so that's different i think than either what christine or i are talking about mugay because you 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 came from an environment where the expectations were very rigid
1: yes yes for sure
3: yeah. yep well i mean that was I mean, path
1: the prosperity right that's what you did that was the secret sauce yep
3: yeah mm-hmm. interesting and uh Yeah, maybe as we go, you can you can share some of your perspective on on what that means and how that's played out in your life. But, you know, for me, um, when I did finally get my act together, I, you know, graduating from adolescence into adulthood, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that there's a there's a thing that you do in our church that when you turn 19, you go for two years uh on your own on your own dime you go live somewhere and you serve as a missionary for 2 years um and you don't choose where you go where you're called i was i was uh you know very blessed to go to a mission called the West Indies Mission i lived in beautiful places but also very poverty stricken places for 2 years uh down in the caribbean on little islands and and you know of course that experience can't help but change you and i came back from that you know with with my head on straight so to speak but as i went into college and got a little bit addicted to the process of following a path uh fitting in within the rules that are given to you and succeeding like i'm for example i'm an i'm a really good test taker so i could study for a test and pass it every time and and uh start to think that that's what matters in life. And, you know, you can follow a corporate path after that, which is what I did. And, um, and you start to see success in these areas. And for some people, that's the right path. And that's what they can be passionate about. But we should always be interrogating mm-hmm. ourselves. And if, if what we're doing was what really matters to us. And for me, it wasn't. And this manifested itself in a couple of ways. I mean, I think due to your fantastic leadership, Mugay, and how how great it was to be on your team. My time at Microsoft was the longest I've ever been at a company, which was three and a half years. Um, And that time deteriorated quickly after you uh, moved on to a new role and weren't my manager anymore. Um, But every other job I've had, you know, been one and a half, two years before I just couldn't stand it anymore. And I started to realize that maybe the values that I had adopted from a career standpoint and, and, you know, it's very important that we distinguish career values and moral values, because those are two different things. Um, You always have to develop your own values in either category, but it's, you know, when I'm talking about career values and social values, those are the things that we tend to just adopt. And, uh, and for me, it just wasn't the right path. And um, as a coach, when I talk to other people, there are struggles in this area pretty frequently around people who just aren't sure if what they want, why they want it or why they're doing what they're doing. Mhm.
2: Yeah. And we, we talk to a lot of folks too, over the course of just what we're doing. And a lot of people will say, I'm doing this because I don't know what else I could do or what's mm-hmm. out there. And they, maybe the friction, it sounds like you had a little bit more, you know, friction internally that's is almost like a wake-up call. So, like, I'm not going to be happy if I don't change. Yeah. And maybe these folks aren't happy, you know, are just not unhappy enough, <laughs> you know, yet. Or, you know, who, who knows what the inner calling is. But I, I'd be interested in knowing, like, how did you know the moment was now to make a, a change?
3: Christine I wish that I could say that there was a very simple answer to that question but it's it's a journey and mm-hmm. uh, I can tell you a couple stories um, <clears throat> at first I didn't really realize and I thought beginning with my time on your team team Muge, if you you may remember that I was doing my MBA
2: mm-hmm. well I remember I was on the yes
3: through those years um So I thought, you know, I'm dissatisfied right now. What I really want is probably just greater achievement. So I'm just going to amp up my focus Mm -hmm. on what I'm trying to do. So um, what do I want to achieve that? Maybe I need bigger goals. What's my big, bold vision for my life? And uh, if it's just more of what you're already doing, then it's probably not going to, it's probably not going to get you where you're trying to go. Um, so I, you know, I, I thought about just trying to be a CEO. I thought about and where I and where I spent the most time is really trying to start my own company and be a startup. I I worked at a company called Qualtrics, which um, a lot of people may not have heard of until recently. But it's uh, I worked there in 2006. There were nine people. And, um, you know, it's now. It sold for many billions of dollars a few years ago to SAP, and the owner is—he's uh, recently bought the Utah Jazz, and uh, oh, wow. he's, a, he's a friend of mine—not—not uh, not an intimate one anymore, but uh, certainly if we run into each other, you know, we'll say hello. And um, and so I thought, well, I need to be more like him. That's what I—I I had that example, and I thought I want to do what he did, and so I tried to do that for a number of years, and um you know ultimately that wasn't the thing that that made me happy nor was I successful at it and so the the first obstacle that i encountered and i think that most people will encounter is that if i'm not happy now it's because i'm not big enough they'll take the road of significance which is something that drives a lot of people who are, who are ambitious so i mean if there's no ambition in the first place then this isn't probably going to be a struggle but if you're an ambitious individual you're probably driven by, you know, one of the four basic human needs. And uh, one of those is significance. Trying the need to be important. We all have it. It just depends Mm -hmm. how, where we rank it, you know, in that list of four. And um, that's something that Tony Robbins teaches quite a bit. And and for me, like, I thought, well, I just need to do something that's going to make me more significant. And... In my case, I got into a coaching program, and one of the the most interesting stories on this topic, Christina, you know, that coming from the question that you answered, when did I know? Um, I was in this coaching program. I spent a lot of money to be coached uh, by an individual for about a year, and I got a lot out of it. It's going to sound like I'm 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 saying negative things about this program, and I'm not. But there was one instance that just didn't make sense to me. I was in this in this event where you know a handful of people being coached here had come together It's at a hotel we're in a seminar room and the coach was lecturing on how you have to hit rock bottom before you can really do what's do what's necessary for you to get what you want in your life you have to just be ready to say enough i can't take this anymore i need to change Uh, Which is what happens to a lot of people when they change. In my case, I I raised my hand and I was like, you know, this program is all about being, uh, you know, thriving in four areas of life spiritual, financial, relationships, and your physical body. Like, I'm good in three out of four of those areas. I'm not quite hitting my goals professionally yet. But like, what if I just don't feel like like I'm at that rock bottom? And what came next was, uh, I think it was a coaching tactic now that I look back on it, but, um, he tore me apart for like 15 minutes in front of everybody trying to, I think, get me trying to to break you. (laughs) Yeah. So that I could rebuild from there. Right. Um, but I just realized like, man, I, I don't, I'm not motivated by maybe the same things as everybody else in this room. Um, and so then it just it took a lot of introspection and a lot of reflection and and deep work to understand where I was missing the mark here.
1: yeah, it's it's amazing. I think uh, there's a lot to uh, reflect on and unpack here, But one thing that also stands out is just because you are good at something that doesn't mean that's what you want to do. Um, and I think mm-hmm. uh, when you are do- in a job or profession or discipline where you are good, um, It's easier to stay in it because you are getting results, you are getting rewards, but um, that may not be what you find fulfilling long term, and and breaking out of that is um, even tougher. Um, So one thing, Andrew, um, so you have been um, pretty honest with yourself, and uh, you know I totally get this is a journey, and it probably never ends. And you made a good point about how we continually need to ask ourselves what we want, what we need, and those needs and wants also probably change throughout the stages of our lives. Um, You know, what we want when we graduate out of college versus uh, maybe second chapter of our lives, you know, it it will evolve and that's a good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you have been... um, very intentional about, um, you know, learning more about yourself and asking the hard questions. And 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 today, um, you are um, a coach. Uh, you started your own um, business um, to help others to break out of the mold, so to speak, if it doesn't fit them. And that mm-hmm. is not putting down any given path, because if it works for somebody, then it's a good path, as long as That's legal it. and healthy. Um, so tell us about how, um, through this path, you ended up um, as a coach and how you are uh, driving that now.
3: Yeah, great question. Um, so it, it came about earlier this year, I mentioned I've, I've, I've been coached, quite a bit and always had so much um such an interest in that because of how different it is than the way that you know maybe leadership happens in normal business settings it was something that i hadn't experienced much and so when i was exposed to it and i found it i went all in on it and and have done a lot of it um earlier this year i i was finishing a uh a stint as a salesperson, so I had gone for the last four and a half years into technology sales. A lot of your listeners, if they're from the same ecosystem professionally that that we are, they know that it's you know it's been a tough couple of years for technology sellers um last year i I was in a a team where one out of thirty five people hit quota
0: mm-hmm.
3: by the end of the year um and I was not that one person just in case you're wondering The story should make that obvious, but uh, I was fired at the end of the year and it was actually the second sales job in a row that I've been fired from, Um, which if you're not in sales, that probably sounds worse than it is, Um, but it's, it's actually, it's a little better because salespeople are accustomed to, you know, you don't have a good year and sometimes you get fired. But on the other hand, it's also a little worse than it sounds because you are your track record as a seller and your next job is going to ask you like well how'd you do at your last job and there are there are concrete metrics that describe your performance so it's not something that you necessarily can talk around and so there's a lot of stress i'm sitting here in the middle of this of this year at, at this last company um nobody's doing well nobody's hitting quota things are obviously set up wrong um you know on sales teams you typically meet every every week to talk about how things are going look at your numbers look at your pipeline and at some point during that time when we're just sitting here in this anxiety and uh, nobody's even close to doing what they're supposed to be doing i decided that i would use what i've learned in coaching which i should have been doing already but we don't always do what we know i decided i'm, I'm gonna learn i'm gonna use what i've learned And I'm not going to be afraid or anxious about anything. I'm going to show up to my job each day, do the very best that I can. Um, Showing up to my job meant walking down to this room that I'm in in my basement right now. So, you know, that could be a lonely trudge when nothing's going on and you're just sitting here alone in your basement. So I said, I'm going to show up and be confident and I'm going to do excellent work um, because I know I'm good at what I do and I'm going to feel great about it regardless of what the outcomes are, because those aren't necessarily something that are as malleable as I'd like them to be right now. And so I did that and it really changed everything for me emotionally over the the you know the remainder of 2022. And when I got fired at the end of the year, which wasn't you know a huge surprise, I wasn't particularly broken up about it. And I could sit in a place of of um uh, know give myself some space take a little bit of space and be creative and think what do i really want to do and i enjoyed sales but i realized like the thing that was missing was the contribution i'd make to somebody else's life um and selling software for me just wasn't wasn't doing that and uh so i wanted to do something that was meaningful interpersonally and serve other people and so I posted on LinkedIn one day just a story about how I've been fired from my last couple of jobs. Then you know, this was at a time when a lot of people were getting fired and laid off, um, and I sh- just shared the story I shared with you. And I said, if anybody wants to learn how to do what what I did, I'm happy to teach you. And I did it totally for free. I just said, you know, DM me and I'll we'll talk. And f- like something like 15 people responded, people I didn't know, hadn't met before, and I had started having these calls with people and. And they were really meaningful. And three of those turned into relationships where I coached them long term. And one of them I still coach today, uh, which is, you know, we're we're like nine months after this. So <laughs> it's been really fantastic. But it was just such a different experience. I go from selling software to getting on calls with people and talking about what really matters to them, uh, at some point, you know, and sometimes in a in very emotional ways, um, because coaching is all about letting your guard down and talking about what really matters. And uh, I was just hooked.
2: Yeah. I I love so much about that story. I mean, first, I mean, from from the heart and uh, you had the ability to just change your mindset. You can't control everything, can't control the hands that you're dealt, but you can control the way you show up and the way you perform as best you can. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like you left it all out on the field there with a positive mindset, professionalism, and when the kind of universe answered probably a little bit of a you know, hey, w- what should I be doing with my life in a way that can help others that post on LinkedIn people answering, you actually getting to try what you thought might be a great path is is a wonderful wonderful story and I'm I'm thrilled that it's happening for you. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a, just, it's just wonderful. And it's, and it's hope for so many who are in a similar situation or, you know, they might be in that (laughs) drudgery now, just thinking like, what can I be doing differently to change the outcome? Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that. And, uh, I'm just excited to learn more about the coaching aspect now. yeah it is it is remarkable and thank you
1: andrew sharing it with um a lot of candor uh which probably uh created the attraction because um uh you know sometimes uh, you don't need the polish uh, you just uh need to be genuine and uh, tell it like it is which uh y- you have been doing um and i think many of us are in that situation at different parts of our lives either we mm-hmm. are in a um uh, situation that uh, we may not even recognize it's not fit for us or we know that but we don't know how to get out of it we may be afraid or we don't know how um and sometimes may not even have the energy um to explore what may be next and uh, so um as our time winds down andrew what i am wondering if you could share um maybe uh you know, one, how people can get in touch with you, how you can share your insights with those who are interested and any other um, comments or insights to encourage and inspire people um, to really look deep within. Um, And, um, uh, you know, everyone's journey is different, but be on your own journey. How do you create your own journey?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Coaching is really, as I see it, is the process of helping people see that the results that each of us get in our lives are perfectly correlated with what we believe about ourselves and the world, what we value and the priority in which we hold those values, the actions we're taking, and more importantly, who we are being in our lives. Um, Those are questions that we explore in a coaching context. and there's empowerment there it's not you know those concepts aren't necessarily for everybody Um, but if you can if you can accept the fact that what i'm getting in my life is a result of what i believe what i value what i'm doing and who i'm being um, that means you can change those things if you want something else and the way I work is I, uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with me, there's actually a really easy way to, that I get started with people. And we start with uh, a coaching call. There's no charge for it. It's an initial coaching call. And we just spend some time together. It can be anywhere from one to two hours, depending on the situation. And um, I just spend that time coaching as powerfully as possible and giving that person an experience of being listened to at a level that none of us get on a regular basis in our lives. Um, we just don't, nobody listens to us for two hours and asks powerful questions in return and gives us the space to explore and find the answers that are in there, but we just, you know, don't, don't access them enough. Um, and then at the end of that call, maybe there's an opportunity for us to move on and continue coaching together. And maybe there's not based on, you know, a number of different factors, but that's how I always start And so if anybody wanted to, um, you know, have that experience, all they need to do is reach out to me and we can set that up.
1: That's, uh, thank you. That's really powerful, I think, for us to uh, think about and act on. Thank you for that, Andrew. Um, Because, I mean, we may think we are getting coaching from friends and family, which uh, is fine. I think that's a good uh, network. Um, But I think it's so powerful to... um, get that perspective and work on it with uh, maybe a third party, so to speak. Because when I find you talk to my friends, they're like, oh, we are Team Mugue. you know, we we support you. Um, yes, yes, everything you are doing is perfect right, which I know is not. Um, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> y- you know, you can't um, have a breakthrough when, um, you know you are getting well supported and loved but that is not exactly um elevating you to the next level of where you need to go um whether it's personal professional or otherwise so uh, it can be really powerful and i think um andrew i I agree with your points about how it's a mindset shift as well meaning um you know to be open to coaching uh, to take that step uh, which doesn't seem like a lot. It, one conversation to see where it uh, where it goes, um, and uh, and going for it. Just like you know, if the hundred four year old Dorothy has done skydiving, um, I think uh, mm-hmm. we can do a coaching call. Um, uh, that seems like a good investment, a low risk, good investment with high rewards potentially.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and for the folks listening, what type of coaching? Because you could be life coach, professional coach. Are there are there is it all intertwined in in what you, um, work with clients on that? I think that could be helpful too.
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so there's a, the distinction that all draws between consulting and coaching, a consultant is typically somebody who has a skill that you're trying to acquire or a certain specialized knowledge who, who can then teach you how to do that skill. So, um, you know, if If an executive wants to learn the specifics of how to be an executive, or how to be a better executive, that's more of like a consulting arrangement, and you wouldn't come to me for that. Um, If an executive wants to learn why the results they're getting in their life are not consistent with things, with their goals, or what they feel like they really want, or if they understand that there are just new levels of achievement or growth, Or uh, you know, peace or freedom that they're trying to unlock and and they're just not getting there. Um, you know, coach like me is somebody who can help them get to those, those other levels. So certainly there are, there are achievements, uh, involved there, Mm -hmm. but it's not consulting and like, Oh, this is what I've done a hundred times. And, uh, this is how you do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Understood. Yeah, yeah. That that's a, that a clear enough? Answer. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah.
3: that's super helpful.
1: Yeah, that's actually appreciate the delineation between consulting and coaching as well, and uh, really creating an environment through powerful listening, um, questioning, and your own experiences um, to. Um, sort of unlock the next level, whatever that may be for an individual. Sure. So that's um, that's powerful. So uh, we will wrap up um, and we will summarize our three action points we have been talking about. Number one, read the book, Comfort Crisis. That sounds really <laughs> interesting. Uh, visit a Blue Zone if you could. Uh, watch that documentary on Netflix. Number three, call Andrew Schultz for <laughs> a great conversation um, to... Um, look inward outward and forward on um what it can be, right? What we can be and fulfilling mm-hmm. our potential um, in, in our lives. Um, how to get there? um So call Andrew, and we will put that out there when we post the recording as well. Uh, Andrew, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us in all its candor, which makes it extra special. Um, and um, really appreciate um, having you on our uh, podcast today, um, Christine. And uh, anything in closing.
2: No, I, I'm just excited for you to, to help more folks. I I can see that uh, you certainly have a passion for it. I think your ability to be uh, very frank and honest and not be afraid to have those tough conversations would really serve a lot of folks who, who need an unbiased view and someone to really go deep with and 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 do that exploration so I, I wish you a ton of success um, I have a few contacts that I, I I will give you when we close that I think could be helpful to you as well
3: fantastic well the pleasure is all mine thank you both for having me here it's been uh, it's been wonderful to have this conversation with both of you
1: awesome we are cheering for you and for ourselves andrew always
3: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) right
2: right and for our listeners please uh leave a review so others can find the podcast we appreciate that Um, and we wish you a great rest of your
1: day sounds good awesome Uh, bye for now till the next
0: time thank you for listening our hope is to spark a little joy inspire and educate our listeners in ways to live an even more meaningful life if you have reactions to share from what you've heard please visit our website refirement.life to leave a voice message you may even be featured in a future episode to keep in touch subscribe to our podcast refirement life using the podcast player of your choice always remember you are never too old to set a new goal or to dream a new dream thanks again for joining us on this episode Until next time.